The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me now. Only thing that's on my mind is who going this town tonight. Welcome to Tony Lasker's Sports Talk Radio Show. Alex Clancy, Beverly Debris, Cindy Liska in studio. Kwame may be calling in in a little bit, and we might have a Junior Spivey sighting later on in the show. Ladies, how's it going? Good, good. Loving the weather. Yeah, it was oh, 72 man. this morning when I drove here. I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. Yeah, it's nice to open the doors and have the breeze coming through. It's like Minnesota weather, Cindy. Minnesota. Minnesota. I can't. I can't. <laughs> How about those Vikings? Yeah, we'll talk about them. Yeah. Not. Uh, <laughs> so... A lot of sports this weekend. Mm-hmm. NFL, baseball, playoffs are in full swing. A lot of good storylines. Baseball okay. playoffs in and, full swing? And the NBA preseason has started as well, okay? So I was gonna, just you're, commenting you're, on your pun. Well, I, I, Baseball's in full swing. I know what I said. Um, I'm only kidding. Um, we're going to start with the NFL, go briefly through the scores, talk about storylines. Matt Castle getting uh, cheered when he went down with an injury. Uh, the Chicago defense playing better than they have since maybe the 85 season. Uh, Drew Brees breaking Johnny United's uh, touchdown, consecutive touchdown record, consecutive games with a touchdown, I should say. And the 49ers just making a mockery of the NFL f- in the past two weeks. And then we'll talk about baseball in the second segment, go through all of the uh, all the scores. Uh, info fly rule, Cindy. I'm sure you're pretty happy about that, the debacle that happened when the uh, in the Braves game. A lot to talk about. Uh, first, we've got to talk about the Cardinals losing 17-3 to Thursday night football against St. Louis. Down, uh, it was a down week for them. The week before was supposed to be the letdown week against Miami, but they ended up pulling it out in overtime. They just were never really in this game. Ryan Williams went down with a shoulder injury. He's out for the year. Kevin Cobb looked, well, I guess Kevin Cobbish from last year. Uh, this is very disheartening. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's deja vu all over again. I understand. I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, their they're, they're, uh, schedule does not get any easier. They go, they play Buffalo at home this week, but then they go at Minnesota, at home versus San Francisco, Monday Night Football, at Green Bay, by week at Falcons. That is a murderer's row at this point. Uh, I believe that there are four losses between those four teams, five losses between those four teams. So that's going to be. The, the real test, the uh, intestinal fortitude to see if, uh, if the Cardinals have what it takes this year. Well, and if Kevin Cobb's going to be up to playing the game that he was playing in the first, you know, four games, um, you know, is he going to hesitate? Is he going to be able to, you know, go out there and do what he needs to do? When you've got a loss of Ryan Williams, that's going to hurt. Um, Larry Fitzgerald dropped a pass, unheard of. You know, so we're going to look at, you know, how are they going to bring this thing around? What are they going to do in practices now in order to make sure that they keep the morale up and keep the uh, consistency going? 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, Ryan Williams hasn't done much. Uh, 58 carries, 164 yards in five games. Yeah. So, I mean, he hasn't really done a whole lot, but they still do have a running back. Uh, well, just not so much anymore. LaRod Stevens-Hellings is hurt, uh, so I think he's going to be back this week. But Alfonso Smith is going to have to step up. Uh, you this know, is going to go down to coaches and leaders. Who's going to step up and start leading the team, and what are the coaches going to do in order to take the players that they've got left that are healthy and mix them up in a way that they can make plays? Right. I mean, and the other thing is Kevin Collins has been sacked 17 times in the past two weeks, which is absolutely un- – it's ridiculous. Their offensive line is starting to fail them, and that's where all of this starts. And that's the foundation of their team. That's the foundation of – their prosperity and their downfalls. So it'll be really interesting to see if they can if they can step it up here. We got Junior. How's it going, Junior? Junior's uh, in the house. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I digress. Uh, we go to. Um, I do want to talk about Chicago very briefly. Uh, Lance Briggs and Charles Tillman are the first teammates ever to uh, have pick six pick sixes each in consecutive weeks. I think that's uh, kind of ridiculous. Lance Briggs, the one against Dallas that just fell into his hands was, you know, it, but, I mean, he did run it in for a touchdown either way. So well, Chicago's that, defense is doing a great job scoring. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's um it's been really pretty to watch, which I'm, which I'm kind of surprised to say. Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall are starting to feel some, starting to get some uh, synergy between the two of them. Matt Forte, if he can stay healthy, they're going to be really difficult to beat in the NFC. Uh, Drew Brees... Uh, passes Johnny Unitas' uh, consecutive games with a touchdown record with his 48th. Does it matter? Like, that's, that's, I'm curious, uh, does it really matter? I mean, granted, with their offensive scheme, they throw the ball 70% of the time. And there's been a couple times, I, I remember one where they lost to St. Louis two years ago, I believe it was two years ago, when they were down by three touchdowns. He ends up, he throws a touchdown with eight seconds left. So that kind of makes me disheartened when it comes to the validity of this, uh, of the record. So I don't know. Yeah, compared to old years and what they were doing back then and what they're doing now, I mean, it does it matter? Yeah, it's kind of nice to be able to have the ball and stick it up on a shelf and all that, but in the long haul, who cares? Swabby, what do you think? I think it matters, uh, simply because in the day of the quarterback, to have Breeze do what he's doing, um, it's, it's unbelievable. We always talk about Manning, you talk about Peyton, uh, Aaron Rodgers, but sometimes we tend to forget about Breeze and what he's done. You know, the body of work that he's put in throughout his career has been unbelievable. Absolutely. So, I, you know, I think it definitely matters. That's I mean, I, I think that it just it weakens it a little bit because of their passing scheme. And I understand they they just don't have running backs. Their their run plays are are uh, little slants or little swing passes from uh, from the backfield. Uh, but either way, Drew Brees is a consummate professional. He is New Orleans. He's the face of New Orleans. He has he had no ties there before he went to play football there. So I mean it's really it's unbelievable. He's not a Manning like Archie Manning played there. Peyton went to high school there. You know, he really has taken this city on his back, especially after Hurricane Katrina and all the bad things that happened. So I think in that regard, I think it really does mean something because it's another thing for New Orleans to to uh, uh, celebrate rally around, yeah. yeah, and I would agree as far as the you know what does it mean to the city to Drew Brees and those type of things because again that's important you know and he has he's busted his butt to get to where he is and he's a great player the certainly the city could use some victories uh, it was interesting to have uh, uh, Unitas' son in the house which was great yeah. and coach was in the house which mm-hmm. was interesting yeah uh, you know. he looks weird without a visor on yeah <laughs> he does. it's got to be a little weird standing up there and watching the game too from that perspective and knowing you know I'm sure there's a certain place he wanted to call that of course he can't talk to anybody but yeah they looked and Marcus Colston came back in that game so that's that was really a nice um, 
a nice just to get people to forget about all the crap that's happened in the offseason mm-hmm. and they could still make the playoffs who knows crazier things have happened than a team winning nine in a row to get back into a playoff race mm-hmm. and that offense looks so potent I mean granted San Diego secondary is suspect especially with uh, against large receivers like Marcus Colson Marcus Colson had a day uh, of course, the Chargers lose to them. That's my team, so I'm a little unhappy about that. <laughs> but uh, you know, at, least, at least they're better than the Cardinals. I mean, and that, now, that's we, all I, now we start seeing some mix-up, too, because now you've got injuries on all the teams. You've got you know what was isn't anymore, so it'll be curious to see what happens. You know, the Texans have got injuries. Um, it, next, uh, The next uh, part of the season is going to be interesting to watch. Especially with the bye weeks coming up. And I yeah. think the one, yeah. the one thing that could potentially pose a problem for New Orleans is that it's their bye week coming up. So any momentum that you may have could kind of be thwarted by the bye. Conversely, Cam Newton's got a bye week this week as well, which could probably help him get his head back together. Maybe. Yeah, I, you know, there's something up with him. Uh, he was given, he'd never lost a game in his college career, junior college and, uh, and at Auburn. He comes in, he has one of the best rookie seasons ever, if not the best, because, you know, quarterbacks were never really like him uh, in the olden days. When he, he ran for 13 touchdowns, I think it's, it's out of control what he did his rookie year. This sophomore slump is exactly that. What do you think? So you coming, you coming into the league, you being, uh, you know, looked upon as somebody that could change a team, how do you deal with that, especially if you have success right away? He, he can only do what he, what, he, what he can do. He doesn't have much. I mean, who does he have on the receiving end other than Smith? Here's a guy that's 5'8", mm-hmm. you know, at the receiver position. He doesn't have any weapons. The offensive line is horrible. He's running for his life. He's constantly scrambling, trying to, trying to make do of what he has. He doesn't have anything. They don't have a running game. You know, the defense is not playing up to par, so he doesn't really have much. I think he's he's doing well. Now, is he doing well in front of the media and when you put the mic in front of him? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to give him a D for that because sure. of the maturity. But uh, as far as, like, you know, his overall talent, what, he's, what he has, he's doing okay. You look at the other quarterbacks in the league and what they have compared to what he has, He's doing the best he can do with what he has, and it's terrible what he has. I'm curious. Do you guys think that there's any pressure on him with Andrew Luck and uh, RG3 coming in? That oh, all he's old, we got some young bucks coming in. Yeah, so, yeah. so all, of the, all of the novelty is gone. So now exactly. he has to produce. He's the face of a right. franchise. Well, he's putting so much pressure on himself so, to win and to it. play with these yeah. guys. It's like, hey, what about me? You guys forgot about me. Exactly. These guys has all the, they have all the commercials. You know, look at the commercials. Yeah, RG3 is all over Everyone's the place. Everyone's yeah. talking about him on ESPN. He's got the deals. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, man, you guys forgot about me. Right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Andrew Luck, I, I take him into a separate category other than RD3 and uh, Cam Newton. He's more of an Aaron Rodgers to me because he's elusive. He can run, but he's not a run quarterback. And he had a hell of a day against Green Bay. He had his coming out party. Of course, I played him in fantasy football. I've had a, <laughs> had a rough go so far. Uh, but he he looked like an established quarterback. I mean, right. re- granted, Reggie Wayne, 13 catches, 212 yards. That helps, but he's got he's still got to make the throws. He's, got he's the still got to go through the progression. He's still going against Aaron Rodgers in one of the scariest defenses, albeit uh, yard-yielding uh, defenses. But, I mean, those guys, Clay Matthews and A.J. Hawk coming at you, I mean, it's it's got to be intimidating to some extent. I'm sorry, Cindy. Um, so, <laughs> but... Uh, I no got the big guys. over there, dude, or what? Yeah, you know, no, like, it's, it's like an earthquake it's, it's over the here. coffee. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Pour it but, yeah. over you. Take it through osmosis next time. Andrew, I, I, once again, I digress. Andrew Luck uh, did look very mature and very ready to lead a franchise, just like yeah. Peyton Manning did, even though they're completely different quarterbacks, because Peyton Manning is your stereotypical quarterback, old-time quarterback, like staying in the pocket. Uh, but Andrew Luck might be something really special in the future.
Without a doubt. Um, that's why he was the number one overall pick, because uh, what he brings to the table. I mean, he has everything. He has all the intangibles it takes to be considered one of the best quarterbacks to probably to pretty much ever play this game. I mean, he has that kind of talent and that kind of ability. So I'm just really impressed with all the quarterbacks that's pretty much come in the league, you know, the last couple of years. You look at Russell, uh, uh, you look what Russell's, Russell's doing over in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's having an unbelievable year. I mean, all these guys are coming in other than Wheaton probably over in Cleveland, but you know, for the most part, I'm just really impressed with all the quarterbacks. The development of the quarterback position the last few years have been unbelievable. Yeah, they're coming in ready to rock and roll right off the bat, and it's, it is. It's fun to watch, and, you know, I look at Cam Newton. I've got a little bit of sympathy going for him, but, uh, you know, when he had such a great year, excuse me, last year, and then all of a sudden this year up against, like I say, the competition of RG3 and Andrew Luck getting all the the views and uh, he, you know Cam Newton now stumbling a bit that uh, he's going downhill and he needs to grab onto it fast and get himself pumped up again because he does have the talent. Absolutely, and then one of those guys I'll give you a shout out. Christian Ponder has surprised everybody this year with the Vikings, uh, four and one. They have a plus forty one point differential. This doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Their defense came out of nowhere to go back to the old Minnesota defense. Adrian Peterson is hobbled. He's still producing, but he's not producing like he used to, obviously. Percy Harvin is making himself look like a pro bowler, like everybody was waiting for him coming out of college. And he, I think he kind of swallowed his pride. He, he had this diva attitude, kind of like Michael Crabtree. He kind of reminds me of him in that regard. But he's just playing football. And he's playing. That, that eight-yard touchdown run this past Sunday was, was something that people have been waiting to see from him. And he's putting up ridiculous numbers. And he's playing really well. I mean, granted, they beat Jacksonville. They lost to Indy. But they beat San Francisco and Detroit at Detroit. So they, had, they don't have all these weak wins. They're, they deserve this record. And, and, and they're, they're playing really well. Well, and I think sometimes uh, for some of the guys when they come into the league, all of a sudden they think they're either they're divas or they get too serious. And when they get too serious, then they forget how to have fun. And, you know, they got to where they were um, by being, you know, disciplined, but also being able to have fun with the game that they love and be able to relax and enjoy it when they're out on the field. Absolutely. And uh, quick, quick, uh, we have a couple minutes before break. The New England-Denver game was really interesting to me. I don't know really what happened. Peyton Manning had a great day. I mean, he's putting up really good. He's putting up numbers that nobody really thought that he could, even at this juncture, maybe later on in the season. But it's like he didn't miss a year last year. I think the the huge discrepancy between the two is that New England has this two-headed monster uh, running back uh, backfield they haven't had maybe ever in Tom Brady's tenure. So Stephen Ridley is coming out of nowhere. Brandon Bolden had 100, uh, I think 125 yards rushing last week, had another good week this week. If they can run the ball and have Tom Brady with that, with the tight end core and the receiving core, I don't know who's going to beat him. I mean, granted, maybe the defense will be will be their uh, their Achilles heel, but that team is really good. And because Denver looked good, Willis McGay he dropped a pass on third and two that would have given them a first down that would have uh, kept their drive going, and then he fumbled on the three to get them to within one score. So that could have, had, I mean, that definitely had something to do with it. But I don't know. I, I don't know what the disconnect is there. What does? Uh Tom Brady have his, his receiving core. Who does he have? Uh, Brandon Lloyd that came from Denver. No, I'm talking about a true, I'm talking about number one. West Walker? Time. Uh, no, he, no, he's a slot guy. He'll never be a, a number one. He's a slot. Not in the slot. If, if you want to play with the big boys in the NFL at the wide receiver position, you, you're number, you play on the, on the corners. 
You play on the outside. Yeah. He's not an outside guy. He's an inside guy. He's a slot guy. Well, that, I mean, so I he's not, and that's why they're hesitant to pay him because he's a slot guy. They're not going to pay a slot guy that kind of money. You got to be a number one go-to receiver that plays on the outside. He is. He's been. He's, he's been nope, Tom Brady's slot. number one receiver slot. ever since. Ever since they won Super Bowl. <laughs> it's like Kwame's here again. Yeah, that's so much that's fun. ridiculous. He's in the slot, dude. I, I because of the number ones he had. When you have a, a guy like uh, Randy Moss and you have these big guys that everyone is paying attention to. You're going to be able to dump down in the slot and, and throw the ball in the slot. He's going to catch all these balls in the slot, but he's not the one. He's not that number one guy, and he never will be. He's, he's, he's led the league in receptions exactly because year after he's year after year. All right, when you have cornerbacks shut down corners that's <laughs> locking up against that number one guy, you're going to get open. You're going to find a way to get open. He's not beating you down the field on the 70, 80 yard passes on the outside. He's a slot guy, so he's going to get most of the passes. That's what slot guys do. That's where you know the, the Percy Harvins and all these guys. They're going to open up and have big games when you have number ones on the outside. And that's the problem that's with the Jets. They do, Who do they have over there? And they're putting all this pressure and they're pointing the finger at uh, – Mark Sanchez. At, at Mark Sanchez, but who is he throwing to? He doesn't have anybody. That's true. Well, nobody can hit the route, and nobody can catch the ball when yeah. they get it. Right. Yeah. Go go sign a T.O., go sign a, a Plexico Bears, I mean, mm-hmm. guys that are true number ones, and so you can open up, give them an opportunity. It's a big receiver. You can't get the, you can't win with these guys as 5'8 and 5'9 at that position. They were they were number one receivers in 1986, first of all. I don't, th- I don't think, I think T.O. <laughs> That's what they needed. It's time to bring the league, when, you have, when you have DBs that are 6'1 and 6'2 and that's Strong and physical, dude. That is not going to cut it. You know, you, you're not going to be able to get open. You can't get open. He Tom does, Brady. He doesn't have any. Sanchez doesn't have anybody. No, open. that's true. No, I will agree with that. I mean, Tom <laughs> yeah. Brady. Tom Brady's had one number one receiver in his whole time. There, Randy Moss, and they lost in the Super Bowl. So uh, he has had one number one. But he's all for but one. That's what I was one. saying. Like Brady is doing it with. Who does he have? I mean, well, I mean, they've they've revolutionized the tight end position, having two number yeah. one tight ends. So I mean, they 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 work around it. We got to take a break. Cormier Lasseter Sports Talk. We'll be back in. Uh, a little bit. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Mm-hmm. 
Don't say that more than once to me. Uh, welcome back, Barbara Lasser Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, <laughs> Deborah Debris, Cindy Liska, Junior Spivey hey. in studio. Man, I haven't seen you in a while. It's been a while. Yeah, since the old studio. Uh, we were talking about NFL, uh, Tom Brady. We're gonna we're gonna switch over to injuries this week. RG three mild concussion. He got his head knocked twice on the way down. Uh, it looked a little scarier than maybe it was. Granted, I mean it's all it's all relative when it comes to con- concussions. They're all no serious. headaches, no vomiting, so he's good. Yeah. Uh, so do you teach this kid? <laughs> Here's the thing. So he's he's had no fear his whole career. Okay. He he runs like Michael Vick did and does. Um, he hasn't fumbled the ball as much as Michael Vick has recently, but they have about I don't know seven or eight years he difference. He doesn't in know age. where the sideline is. Yeah. So out. is it? Do you now have to teach your kids, your your uh, teammates, to run out like Ladainian Tomlinson used to do that elongated his career instead of trying to get those extra two yards and taking that massive hit, they could end up in a concussion, or do you teach your quarterbacks to not be runners? Like how, how do you keep how do you keep Michael Vick injuries RD three injuries from happening or can you not? It's, it's going to happen, but it, they're going to have to learn how to slide, mm-hmm. slide feet first, not head first. They're going to have to learn how to slide feet first, and that's mm-hmm. that's it. And it's uh, it's probably tough because they've never had to slide unless they play a little baseball. Well, and that's <laughs> <laughs> you can but, teach them. I'll sign up for football but, and I'll go to a whole new career. <laughs> is that taking something away from their game altogether, though? Because these guys are go hard, play hard, run hard. They want that extra yard. They want that extra stuff. It's t- it's tough to get it in their head then. Oh, nope, got to slide, got to take it. Yeah, but I think there's a combination of, number one, there you can't break somebody's routine. Whatever they've been throughout their life, you're not going to break them of that. So the fact that they're going to run, they're going to run. But I agree with Junior that you get run, get what you can, but we need you for the rest of the game and the rest of the season, so get your feet out there in front of you and protect the head because we need that head. Well, how much of it is incentive-based? Like, if I get these extra two yards, I'm that much closer to the bonus, I'm that much closer to to the numbers. It's, if it's incentive-based, you can't think that that's not part of what's going through their thought process. At that, at that point in the game, I don't think they're thinking incentive. They're thinking survival and they're thinking yardage. During the game, they're not thinking about incentives. No. Trust me. Once they, once well, when do you think about incentives? Then? You're maybe thinking about it the night before, I need to do this, I need to do that. But during the game, once, once you're in the game, that's the last thing that's on your mind. Mm-hmm. You're into an ins- If you're playing it right, you're instinctual. Unless you play for the, the Saints, right? <laughs> Unless you play for the Saints. Um, and then Matt Castle, this, I almost threw up when I saw this. Matt Castle goes down with an, uh, an injury at home in Kansas City, and the Chiefs fans erupt in applause and screaming and, and, and a positive as if this team just scored a touchdown. There's no room for this in sports. I don't know. I think that the fan base is getting dumber. I think that there aren't real fans anymore. It's all about, oh, my team's the best, my team's the best. Why? Oh, because they're my team. You don't... It, 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 I almost threw something at the TV when I saw this. Oh, so you're going to join in. You are, going, you are going to become a fan that got erratic and start throwing things like they do on the field, too. No. So good for you, dude. No. I like it. Enough. I like it. At, at, at least the TV screen caught it from going, getting on uh-huh. the field. Uh-huh. So here's, a, here's my comment, and I don't know the answer to this, is percentage-wise, in a stadium of 70,000 people, how many people were booing and how many real fans were sitting there saying, holy man, I hope he's okay? And I don't know the answer, but from some of the conversations that I've heard on the radio of people who were there, it was a small percentage of the fans that were booing, and some of the other fans that are true fans were telling those people to shut the heck up. Well, it was, more, it, it was applause. It, was it, it, wasn't, it wasn't booing. It was applause. 
It was like it, it was it erupted. Yeah. I mean, when you see the replay, it's 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 yeah, haunting. Yeah, I tried and I couldn't find yeah. it, couldn't it, find it. They erupt. Yeah, it, they erupted. It was a a very um, con an, an unconscious, I mm-hmm. guess, is the worst way. And you could ob- it was very very obvious. Well, that's the thing. I look at it when you go from being, you know, for your team and and screaming and hollering for your team. That's one thing. But when you've got a player down, now we're talking about an individual and even the other team, whoever the you know whoever the opponent is, will stop everything right. and say that's one of my brothers. It's down. You know, yeah, we need I, to take care of yeah, him. Yeah, these guys aren't at war. I mean, they're yeah. not gladiators. It's not their people. I mean, and with the helmet thing, that changes everything because nobody you, you have no. You, it well, doesn't resonate with you. I mean, as much as baseball or basketball. Well, uh, and it goes far beyond the helmet because, again, it's you know, it's you can have a helmet-to-helmet hit, and yeah, it's going to be bad. But at the same time, there's the accumulative effect of body-to-body, body-to-ground. There's all sorts of things that are rattling all those organs inside the body, as well as the brain inside the head, as well as the brain that goes as, as like a subconcussion where it goes forward in the head and then comes backward in the in the skull again. Um, you've got the neck where you've got all the nerves going up and down the neck. There's so many things with a hit beyond helmet to helmet that could be wrong with somebody when they go down like no, that. No, I understand. Yeah. I was saying more that people don't see them as more than padded up, helmeted people that, oh, yeah. on the, that play on the team that, that they want to win. They don't really see the individuality part of it, especially all the things some that you just yeah. mentioned. Yeah, yeah, some don't, but yeah, if which your is team, sad. If your team's not doing well, you still don't share your quarterback getting Right. Injured. Right. Yeah. Just right. like being at a race when, you know, NASCAR, you see, you know, 25-car pile up. Right. I don't care who your driver is. You're hoping everybody walks away from that. Yeah. yeah. You want to get anything uh, out? It's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, uh, well, I, I, it, was, it was a terrible thing to watch. Well, yeah. and then Eric Winston, too, with mm-hmm. his real heartfelt uh, in the locker room afterward was amazing to watch and I applaud him for having the guts to speak up and speak from the heart the way he did okay yeah. um, that's that's nice I mean I, I agree but what is he supposed to say what well, if, what if he agreed like that's the only answer that he could have given to that question he didn't just but, answer the question right. he got on his soapbox he stated his point emphatically said he said those this. guys he, he said they're idiots he said we're people we're not gladiators what is he supposed to say? Did you see his face? Did you listen yeah. to his tone of voice? Did you hear yeah, the resonance in the tone of his listen. voice? This was coming from his heart. This was not, as Cindy said, this was not a, hey, dudes, you shouldn't be doing this. It's a bunch of bullshit. Stop doing this. Yeah. This was something yeah. he was really passionately feeling and upset about. That's fair. And I mean, I, and I, I understand that. I'm just saying, what else is he supposed to say? He said exactly he what he was supposed to say. He could have just gotten up and stated the fact and been done with it, but he didn't. He spoke from his heart. He spoke passionately, um, and he let everyone know that it should be reprinted and rebroadcast everywhere so everyone hears it and not just the people in that room. Well, usually, if it goes on ESPN, it's usually pretty uh, redistributed. I understand. I'm, I'm giving you a crap. I understand. So I want to tie that into So you ready for <laughs> Down and Dirty? Get it sure. on. Sure. All right, down and dirty with Deborah. Um, want to talk about the fact that when a player has a hit, a hurt, they heal and then they hesitate. And this can happen any player, any sport. Um, here's what happens: the players, you know, they get hit all the time in sports. That's part of the game. The problem happens with after the hit. What happens to their performance? Because Here's what happens is a player oftentimes will get hit. They could get cut. They could get broken bones. They could end up having surgery on, you know, any part of their body. Their body heals. The doctor says they're fine. 
they say they're fine because they want to get back in the game. They want to make sure they don't lose their position. But the problem is what's going on inside of the head. Um, physical pain is one thing, but what goes on is in the mind is the mind and the brain is um, it's something that's there to protect you. And what the mind does on a very deep level, when there's a hit and you can feel and hear that hit, there's a lot of pain that goes on. All of your senses are taking in everything around you. It's talking in the smell. It could be for a football or even baseball, you know, the smell of the grass, the leather, the popcorn in the stands, the sights. You know, what are the color of the uniforms, even your own uniform? Are there uniforms around you? What are the um, textures that you might feel at this time? You know, what are the sounds that are going on, the crashing of the pans, uh, the pads, the audibles that you just heard, the crowd that's cheering? Uh, what's the feeling that's going through you at the time? It could be the grief, the pain, the anger, the fear. All of that in nanoseconds gets wrapped into a memory. And because there's pain, that emotional pain that goes with it, it goes into the memory at a very deep level. It's not a normal memory. It's a memory that goes very deep. And there's an embedded story that goes with it that may not even make sense to you. And it happens in the subconscious mind. So the player is not necessarily even aware of it. So now we have a player that their body's healed. They say they're fine. The doctors say they're fine. And yet there's that nagging feeling in the back of their mind of, you know, man, I hope I don't get hit again. I hope I don't get hurt again. And it's a natural response to abnormal circumstances. When players go out and they're getting the shit beat out of them every week, um, that's not normal for most people. So the mind doesn't know, hey, this is supposed to be normal. It just knows to grab that memory and hang on to it. So the results of that is the brain is now going to start to attempt to protect the player in any way it can. So even though the player with willpower goes out there and goes out to play the game again, they could have a lot of anxiety, flashbacks, heart pounding, nerves are frayed, all sorts of waves of uh, emotion and possibilities that they, the player's trying to figure out why they can't play the same way they did before. There's hesitation. Um, could be offense, defense, could be special teams, it could be any sport, baseball, golf, doesn't matter. Um, the bottom line is you now have an elite player who's baffled, wondering why they can't get their mojo back. Um, they'll practice more, they'll lift more weights, they'll do everything they can, and yet they just can't quite play at the level that they can. So what we need to do when players have this type of injury is we go in. It's a very simple process to go in and kind of rework and rewrite the story around that memory and to create a new picture, a new performance picture, an elite performance picture, so it can overwrite the story that they've got going on inside of that memory and that energy that's trapped inside their body. So now when they go back, that they can play at the level that they've been playing at before and even better. And the good thing about this is it can all be happening during rehab if they're going through rehab or it's... Um, uh, practices that they can have whenever they're, um, if they're only, you know, off for a game. They can be practicing the mental aspect, the mental and emotional strength conditioning at the same time they're back in practice and practicing their um, physical strength conditioning. Uh, and I've got players, I mean, there's been massive amount of uh, success in working with players and doing this, and within a few weeks they go from, um, knowing that they're immensely strong and capable, and yet they have those thoughts and feelings and concerns about going back into the game to within a couple of weeks going, I don't even think about it anymore. I'm ready to rock. So is it accentuated more with rookies like RG3? No. What do you think? So it's all no. it, human it is a human is a human? A human is a human is a human. And it depends on 
what might trigger you is not the same thing that's going to trigger me. So when you see some guys, well, let's take, for instance, um, uh, Kevin Cobb and, and Vic and some of those guys now that have been hit from all angles. Um, now all of a sudden they, when they're playing, they're looking other directions other than where their receivers go into where they're going to throw the ball because they're looking to see if they're going to get hit again. It's something they know they shouldn't be doing, but they can't help themselves mm-hmm. because that memory is still in there. And you, you're right, a player is a player is a player because um, they're all human. This ties into my favorite story of the week this week um, about Adam Greenberg. I don't know if you guys saw it earlier. Um, it was actually late last week. Um, in 2005, he was hit. His first major league at bat, first pitch that got thrown at him against mm-hmm. the Marlins, um, he was hit in the head with the ball. Um, he had vertigo. He was suffering from migraines. Seven years later, um, on a it was a guy that um, rallied to get this um, one more at bat thing. Right. Um, and he played one game. He signed a one game contract with the Marlins. Got in there, struck out against. Um, he played against Ari Dickey. Ari Dickey, and he <laughs> exactly. threw at him. And I love that Dickey threw to him. He didn't. Um, yeah, he didn't. He play didn't him. play him. He, yeah. But how? Like that was my first thing, and I thought about you. And it's ironic that you did this down and dirty. I always think about you when stuff happens. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. But I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how scary must it have been? Not only to get back in, you're getting in against Dickey. You're getting in again. Your first, your only bat at bat again. Right. How do you stand there and not stand at the very back edge of that batter's box? Right, exactly. Or back away when <laughs> or, the pitch yeah, is coming at he, you or whatever. He stood in there. Case. He swung. He said he was going down swinging, and I totally respect the fact that he was like, I'm going down swinging. Right. I'm doing this. But what could have happened, and we would not have seen it, is that there could have been that moment of hesitancy even in swinging the bat. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, it can, it can come up in different ways in various people based on, you know, the sport that they play. Um, I've got uh, a player who's an offensive lineman who's got torn triceps, and he tore his tricep, I mean, 100% last year, um, third game of the season, and went through rehab and everything else. And when he signed me up this season um, to work with him, that was his problem. I mean, even lifting weights, he could do it, but he was very hesitant because he didn't want to tear, even though everything was healed and fine. I did a little bit of work with him, a little bit of hypnosis, the imagination process and stuff. In one week, he upped his weights about 66%. Wow. Not with me telling him what weights to lift, only ima- him imagining going over, picking up whatever weight he wanted, being able to lay on the bench and see himself in his own mind, being able to successfully lift it up, bring it back down, and every time he lifted, he was getting stronger and better at it. I never told him what weights to pick up. But by the next week when we had our session, we talked again, he had upped his weights, and he was thrilled. So that was one layer of confidence that he had gained, along with the other confidence of knowing that his arm was strong. I've got him talking to his arm a lot uh, and teaching his body what to do so that his body can follow what his brain is telling him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why you are what you do what you do. It is what right I do. <laughs> uh, you know, the kid from the Marlins... He was an established baseball player. Like oh, he made yeah. it to the majors. He made it. Like this isn't like rookie, this isn't like yeah. rookie of the year status where he's 12 years old and gets to the majors. This is like he actually made it to the majors. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was an unfortunate pitch, mm. but he he didn't make it back. And I I've heard people rumble about that. This is just another thing to get Aussie. To, to to put the Marlins on the map, I mean, th- and and there it, there's got to be a little bit of truth to that. With the Marlins, he's was the, the Jerry pitcher. Jones of the uh, he's the Jerry Jones of Major League Baseball. He was 
they were playing against the Marlins when it happened. Right. Mm. So it's Ozzie not like they just jumped so what, out of right. nowhere. So what? Ozzy wasn't there. Plus, it, they needed a good feel-good story in this one. Exactly. Day, and it so didn't it's like, hurt so, the game. So it's so, well, I, I understand. Yeah. That's fine, and I mean, I'm not I'm not negating that. I'm just right. saying that that had to tie into. Oh, we're not going to make the playoffs. So we got We got to stay on the map a little bit. Sure. For our, look at this new this new stadium. I'm sure, they sold out that game. Well, and it wasn't. But, a, it was a total random fan that put on this campaign to get him yeah. playing. It's not like the Marlins just pulled out of Went nowhere out and yeah. did it out of nowhere. There are, and it was a no har- no harm no foul. Right. right. You know, I mean it was uh, we uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back. I believe Kwame Lasseter himself was on the line, so we'll Holy talk to him when we get back. Uh, <laughs> Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, we'll be back in a couple. Bring your sexy voice, dude. flagship station for sports voice america sports sports and medicine go hand in hand quite simply if you aren't up to your game health wise you won't be up to your game on the field that's where bruce the sports doc comes in dr bruce grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce, the sports doc, and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, please don't follow me. You can try and read my lyrics. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris, Cindy Liska, Junior Spivey in studio, and we have Kwame Lasseter on the line. What's up, man? You see you in Vegas? Vegas uh, is the worst. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Vegas never turned me on like that, not since I was a kid, and then that being 25 years old, you know, playing ball you come to vegas you have a good time but you know you hear i rarely get to go do anything hours are crazy it's coaching hours you take for granted as a player the time you do have and it seems like it's forever as a player but you know coaching i leave my place at seven in the morning and i don't get back until 12 30 one o'clock in the morning holy man so it makes I mean, you appreciate what the coaches go through or what, what they went through when you were playing yeah, I tell these guys, I say, we, we undefeated right now, but I tell these guys, I say, you better not lose as long as I stay in this building. <laughs> <laughs> I will hurt you. That's good. And now I understand. Yeah, you, you're right, Bob. You, you know, you, you appreciate what the coaches go through. And I've known, and a lot of coaches told me I'd be a good coach, but I won't like the hours, and they were 100% right. <laughs> I, I like I like teaching, and then, you know, yeah. if i got to do too much coaching, then you shouldn't be here, you shouldn't be in the league, wherever it is. So are you in a contract year? Is that what I'm hearing, that you may or may not sign up again? 
I'm just checking. Tournament together. We got a we, the NFL alumni. We got a, a huge tournament coming up January 14th at the Legacy Golf Course, and I and I'm moving too slow uh, as far as getting things done because I'm out here. I can't. Mm. You know, when I get when I get to do something, it's like 1:30, 2 o'clock in the morning. By that time, I'm I got to get up four hours later. And people don't want uh, you calling them at 1:30 in the morning. Again? People don't want you calling them at one thirty in the morning to get things well, done. Well, I know I'm trying to get a little leg work done on my end, <laughs> so when I do get a chance to call them, but I'm working on these pamphlets now to distribute out uh, for everything. But you know, I'm supposed to be in meetings right now. But you know what? They ain't paid us yet, so I get the meetings when I get there. Wow! Cool. <laughs> wow! Yeah. So your hourly rate is about a buck fifty. Oh, they owe me about fifteen thousand already. I'm being here three weeks. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got we got some baseball to talk about. I know Kwame, you love baseball. Uh, playoffs are in full effect. I want to start off by talking about this: the playoff format. So now the lower seed gets the first two games at home, as opposed to being two two one like it used to be. Spivey, so, what do you think about it first? I mean, in, in my opinion, I think that it gives the uh, the lower seed too much. Uh, of, a, of an even playing field. You have the best record. You should have all of the advantages in the playoffs. So just because you what, you skip a travel day, you get the first two games. So if you win the first two games at home, then that leaves the higher seed on, on their heels having to win three games at home. Granted, it's at home, but it's still three games in a row you got to win. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Um, you got your number one going up against their number one. So you think about it, you're going you're gonna to at least take one at their, at their home. At this um, point, do you have your number two though with the wild card playoff? Did no, they throw their number one? No, you go, you go with your one. You got to go with your one. You know, you can't, you can't throw your, your number two out there and 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 hope that he gets a win. You got to go with your number one and, and yeah. try for your number one. So I like the format. I don't have no problem with it because for that team to go and try to win three games against this team that has a better record, the best record, you know, it's it's it's, it's hard to do. So that. it's gonna be tough regardless. It's, it's tough, simply it's tough. Be- no, I guess that was my question. The, the wild card team threw their number one yes. in the playoff game, right? right? So they've got their number two. So they're in trouble because yeah. they, they had the one-game playoff. So yeah. you already threw your number one. You, sure. You're at a disadvantage. Yeah, right. Right. Advantage. And that, well, that goes right. with you having a worse record. So you shouldn't have that advantage to throw your number one, twi- throw your number one uh, in the actual what? NLDS. I agree with Alex. Um, you you don't think that the worst team or one of the worst teams, you know, they win a one-game playoff so they should have home-field advantage. <laughs> You think, as one of the worst teams, that there's no way or there's there's slight chance that they can go to one of the better teams that's that's in the playoff already and beat and win three games. Uh, I still think if you put that work in all year, whether it's baseball or what, what have you, then you should have home field. That's just a reward for you for the putting that work in. But, um, but I, I, I don't, you know, that one game playoff and winning that one game that's a, that's a springboard until you go into a playoff game where okay we got to win in filling we got to fill it up that's a playoff game and you know the attitude and things change once you get in the playoff regardless of what your record was all year once you get in the playoffs you feel like okay I belong here however you got in and then uh, like in in the NFL the worst team look at the Giants last year they were 8-8 eight and eight. they were in the Super Bowl yeah. uh, I think Oh, Once yeah. you win, anything can happen. Teams knock each other off, and we saw that last year in baseball with um, with the St. Louis Cardinals. But, but I, I love this format because, you know, that, that one-game playoff, that seven-game, hey, mm-hmm. you're throwing your number one. You're going to throw your best out there. So now when you jump over to the NLDS, 
Dude, you don't have your number one yeah. going up against their number their number one. You got your number two that's going to say you're at a disadvantage. So you're trying to win two home games with your two and three against their one and two. Mm-hmm. So you're at a disadvantage. Trust me on that. Yeah, no, I mean yeah. I I agree with that, and I think that it, it's not like so a now seven you have games. To earn it. Yeah, right. it's not like a seven game series where not all managers put their number one out in game one. You know, you can put them out in game two, and then depending on if you're at home or if you have the uh, home field advantage or not, you can pitch them twice in a series. I mean, look at Arizona in 2001. Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson threw every pitch in that series. It seemed like so. There's there's no real script when you have to win. As Bobby said, you got to put your number one out there, e- even if it puts you at, at a disadvantage in the playoffs. But you know, um, it'll be really interesting to see how this playoff format will, will play out. Cause I, look, I love it. I love it. Well, look. So look at San Francisco and uh, and Cincy. Cincinnati wins two in San Francisco, and now they have three games at home. So if San Francisco comes back there. That'll be one of the best comebacks of all time, regardless of of playoff and and uh, if it's AL, uh, NLDS or NL, NLCS or the World Series. And they won without their number one. Their number one went down in the first inning. Yeah. You know, it went out. Of, he was out of the game. So you have Detroit and the Detroit and Oakland. Detroit's up 2-0. Detroit just looks like w- with that with that pitching with that pitching rotation and maybe the best hitter on the planet. Uh, hopefully he's not juicing. Uh, sorry, that was no. Nah, he, he, he's not. All that those was just guys are clean, triple man. crown. Triple yeah, it's triple crown. That's the MVP. That's it was awesome. good for him. No, it was MVP. good for him. No, I mean, and he's. They saw this when he won a World Series in in Florida as a rookie or a second year when he showed glimpses of brilliance as a teenager. This kid was going to be, and he just kind of went away after getting that huge contract no, with Detroit. No, he did not. He, he didn't, are you serious? And it's the same staff that had him in Miami. The, uh, it's the same serious? front office. Are you serious? Go look at his numbers, man. He's always put up great numbers. Yep. And he's doing it at a tough ballpark. He's, he's Throughout his career, he's played in tough ballparks. Yeah. He, uh, they're not hitter-friendly ballparks. These are all pitcher ballparks. And yeah. He's putting up those kind of numbers. You put him in a hitter-friendly ballpark, man, this dude is hitting 50 home runs. Put him in Colorado. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like Stanton, like Carlos Stanton. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, man. He, he is an unbelievable ball player. And, dude, it's one of the best pure hitters the game has seen in a long time. So do you think that they have enough to make it with Verlander? Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. Come on. And with him. Prince Fielder over there. Yeah. And this, come on, and I, okay, so let me ask you this. How much... Of his success has to do with Prince Fielder. It has nothing to do with Prince Fielder. With Prince, Prince Fielder, Fielder hitting behind him, dude, it has nothing to do with it. That dude is hit. Hitters, good hitters, hit. It doesn't matter. Like Gary Sheffield, he never needed protection. Guys that can hit, that can flat out hit. Guys that hit three, four, five in the lineup, they don't need any help. These yeah, guys but you can, can throw hit. around one guy if there's only one of them. Yeah, but they're going to always find you. Can't throw if there's guys on base, you can't you can't duck and hide them. Yeah, you know that happens only when there's not guys on base. When you have guys on base, now you can throw around them and. Put them on base, but when there's guys on base, now you got a chance. So you have the Yankees, Baltimore, one-one uh, in New York tomorrow. That was a great win for uh, for Baltimore last night. They needed that. Jim Johnson, 51 saves in the in the regular season, gives up not gives up five runs in the top of the ninth in game one. Comes back, uh, goes one, two, three, strikes out A Rod, who hasn't been relevant since uh, he quote unquote didn't juice. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about the Yankees? Do you think they? Can sustain this small market team and get through to the ALCS? Or do you think that this is it? No, that's not it. They're um, going home. You got to commend Buck, man. What he's done with that organization, Buck Showalter. Absolutely, yep. unbelievable job. I mean, I knew I called it last year. As soon as they signed him, I said that's good for them because he's going to revamp that organization. So I got to tip my hat off to Buck. But uh, you know, you got a young group of guys, man, with Buck Showalter over there leading the way. I think uh, they definitely have a chance. They, de- they have the pitching for sure. So yeah. you know, in order to win in the playoffs, because to be a contender, you got to have pitching, and it's not about the hitting. It's all about pitching. So. Absolutely. It's pitching, pitching, That's pitching. one of my favorite stadiums 
in the world. I mean, have you? Did you play Camden? No, I never played Camden. Okay, uh, that I went there once when I was almost ten. That uh, that was a spectacle. I, like, that in the green, that in uh, Fenway were the two that I saw that I was like, oh, this is this is the real deal. And anyways, I digress. Uh, Cards and Nationals one one in Washington tomorrow. This is the most interesting series to me. Uh, Cardinals in playoff series you see a lot where a team will put up twelve or fourteen runs in a game and then crap the bed the rest of the series because they they kind of put all their runs into one game. Do you think the Cardinals have the the uh, the cojones to to put up runs every against this pitching? That are defending champions, of course. Come yeah. on, you know they're defending champs without Pujols. It's so crazy. You don't even that doesn't make, about, like, doesn't make any sense that Albert was on that team. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's a good team, man. You got to tip your hat off to Matheny, what he's done with that ball club. But he basically, you know, stepped into a situation where he already had. He's been handed a pretty good ball, pretty big uh, ball club. You know, Absolutely. pretty talented team. And this is with no production from Chris Carpenter or Lance Berkman. Which is unbelievable because I mean those are the cornerstones of of this team for the past however six seven eight nine years. But it's the pitching, man. All these young guys is coming up. All you see is ninety five to a hundred. That's what they're throwing. I mean it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this in uh, in all of my years of baseball. This many pitchers throwing as hard as they're throwing these days, yeah. man. It's unbelievable. Kwame, you still there? Sorry to shut you out, Kwame. Kwame? <laughs> no, I guess he's off to football. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, thanks, Mark. So what I'm curious, Junior, from when you played till now, what do you see as some of the biggest differences that have either improved or hurt the game? Improved? It's Everything I've seen has definitely uh, uh, helped the game as far as pitching, definitely. The development of the pitchers, man, the, the, as, I haven't seen this many pitchers throw as hard as they're throwing. You may, you may see maybe a few guys just throwing 95-plus, but to see a whole staff, Throwing, uh, you know, 95 to 100 is unheard of. You know, uh, you've never seen anything like it before. So and that's it. young guys. Young, yeah. I mean, young yeah. pitchers. Young I mean, they're, they're getting these arms, man. There's sophomores in high school throwing 96, mm-hmm. 95. Mm-hmm. That's unheard of. I mean, if a guy was throwing 92, it's like, ooh, if he's throwing 90, that was a big deal. And and now they're throwing, I mean, you look at all the pitching stuff. Let's look, watch the games. In order to be a playoff contender, most of these teams, they're relievers. Their, their bullpen, they're 95-plus. If you don't have 95-plus, you're not going to have a chance to win. So, so what do you think about the batters? Do you think the batters are starting to raise their level as well to start to match the pitching? Well, they, they are. I mean, even though you throw 95, now it comes down to pitching. You know, you have to learn how to pitch. You have to learn how to... You can to, you throw know, it fast, but you yeah, got to get yeah, it to where you need it. you got to hit your spots right. and things like that and, and change speeds, and mm-hmm. that's where that comes. Okay. But just the overall talent of throwing as hard as they're throwing right. is unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah. one more thing I want to add. You don't see the veteran bench. I think that's the that's where the game has kind of uh, gone in another direction. You know, veterans, the maturity and leadership, or of, of, the, of your bench. quality of skill. It's your quality of skill, just okay. learning how to hit off the bench. Guys, these days, when you have a young young teams, you don't have that veteran that can teach these guys how to hit off the bench. Mm, I think got it. That's what's kind of hurt so, the game. So two things. One, I, in my opinion, I think that the and I, I don't want to take anything away from hitters and well, I guess and pitchers, but the steroid era being over. Wouldn't that make pitching look better than it would have with if the steroid era didn't end? And number two, high school kids throwing 92 will keep Dr. James Andrews in business until he passes away, because <laughs> that's the, with, not necessarily with, 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 a good thing. With the 
with without the proper mechanics, yeah, but a lot of these kids are just mm-hmm. they're just that gifted and they're pitching with bad mechanics. But it seems like everybody that throws the ball overnight. Well it's gonna happen. Hey, it's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean guys are bigger and stronger these days. It's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when it's gonna happen. I don't care who it is. If you have that much mileage on your arm, you're gonna go down. It's just a matter of when you're gonna go down and how you're gonna respond to it. How are you gonna deal with it? You yeah. know, when signing a high school kid, what are you gonna do when you have Tommy John? And you're going to be like, what? I don't even you know, know what that is. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? It, it's going to happen. So how, what, what is going to happen? You're just going to quit? Are you going to lay down? Or are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? You're going to come back bigger and better? They're looking for that. That's when it goes. That's where the scouting really goes into, mm-hmm. like, if you're, if you're a good scout or not. If, if you're going to choose this guy or not, you know, it's finding out where's his mental capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know. And I mean, and I think that, I mean, probably five years from now, the Tommy John turnaround time will be... 8 to 12 months instead of 12 to 18 months. It, it, uh, medicine just gets better and better. ACLs in football isn't a death sentence sometimes. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous what things... Look at what Adrian Peterson has done. Right. Dude, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I thought he was crazy, but, you know... Well, the, the thing is, too, the human body starts to evolve as well. Because, I mean, where we were and even, you know, the, the amount of time we could live, you know, back in the day was a lot shorter than what it is now. Right. So, you know, we as a human race start to evolve as well and, you know, can respond to to what we're asking our bodies and our minds mm-hmm. to do. And when you can train the mind, going back to the mental aspect as well, when you can train your mind to tell your body what you need from it, you can get more out of your body. I got, now we got to cut that. I, I did find something interesting. The ratings for Major League Playoffs is up 16% over mm. last year. And you look at the teams that are involved, mostly small market teams. Granted, St. Louis won, this, won the World Series last year. The Nationals have had the allure all year. Detroit with Miguel and, uh, and Justin Verlander. And the Yankees... Now, what is this? Uh, is this credited to the one-game playoff that makes everybody more more uh, more involved in the playoffs? Is the one-game playoff the allure of that? The new playoff system is that what's changing these these ratings, making them go up? Because I can't figure it out. That one-game playoff is a game seven, dude. That is huge. Mm-hmm. It is huge. Well, look what happened to the Rangers this year. I mean, right. they had two games. They were up. What, 178 days out of the season, right. they lose two games and they're not going to the playoffs? Right. I mean, that was huge. Well, Oakland, well, they, they lose two games. They lost, a lot, they lost a lot more in two games. Back. Those, yeah, go ahead. That's yeah. unheard of. 13 yeah. games back. It has to be the biggest comeback ever. Well, yeah. Atlanta, 13 games back in September. Yeah. Wait, no, what, how many games ago? It was, some, it was something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it 13, was 13. 13 it was thir- on June 30th. Yes, yes. But then last year you have Atlanta's collapse to get St. Louis in the playoffs, and you have uh, the Boston's collapse to get them out of the playoffs. Uh, I, I want to talk about that. Deborah. we have this thing. We have a couple minutes left. <clears throat> Go ahead. Yeah, Beauty of the Bonser is coming up. You guys ought to take a look at this. Uh, it is going to be out at Westworld on, it's the 12th annual Beauty of the Bonser. Michael McDonald's going to be out there singing. It's dinner, it's live auction, there's going to be a concert. I mean, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. The money that's raised from this goes to Arizona Charities. Charities like Autism Research and uh, Resource Center, the Real Gift Foundation, Tom Crawford's Leadership Children's Foundation. Uh, Matt McMahon, who's the founder of this and created Beauty the Bonzer, he is here in Phoenix. He's keeping it all about the state of Arizona. And uh, Bonzer, just in case you're wondering, is an, uh, in Australian means awesome party. So come out and join the awesome party. You can go to www.beautyofabonzer.com. Uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, Sounds of Autism will be out there. Balance the Spectrum. 
uh, look forward to seeing you. Come over and tell me hi. Yeah, check out Deborah, yourclearedge.com, balance the spectrum. Uh, that's what, g- give me it's a little. Balance a little the spectrum of autism. I'm creating a program for the parents and uh, educators in the autistic community to help the parents learn how to minimize their stress and maximize their connection with their children and also help the children who are suffering from the disorder, the neurological disease, uh, the neurological disorder of autism to be able to calm down so the sensitivity that they have in their bodies and their minds at all time, they can uh, be more calm, relaxed, and be able to enjoy a better life. Yes, check out Beauty of a Bonzer, buy tickets, support the cause. Go out to Sounds of Autism, check South, it out. Soundsofautism.org. A lot of good things are going to be coming up. You're going to hear a lot more and more. Check out Face. Check out uh, Sound, uh, Sounds of Autism on Facebook. Uh, it's Kwame. You back on? Yeah, yeah. So Sorry we got we got about two minutes. It's okay. You just didn't want to talk oh. baseball, did you? Yeah, uh, Junior Charity. Anything? What's been going on with you? Keep, keep, uh, just keep everybody involved up. with Limitless uh, Worldwide. You can go to www.mylimitless.www/one. Uh, one zero four one six seven slash check it out check out my website we got some cool products on there all natural products that's pretty cool I'm involved with that and just coaching my baseball team, getting ready for the Arizona Junior Diamondbacks, nice. uh, my travel baseball team. And go out and uh, look at Born to Argue, the oh, number yes. two, Born number two Argue. Yes, borntoargue.com, sports blog. You know, if you got a, if you got a voice and you, uh, you want to voice your opinion, hey, come talk, come talk to us, man. It's, it's pretty cool. Kwame, anything, anything from you? We got two minutes. No, just. Uh you know, I'm putting my tournament together uh, January 14th and February 15th, and I'm getting my everybody's birthday. heart checked for free, but I'm also having a skin game donating to the Lip, uh, Living Hearts um, Foundation. Uh, that's part of the Kwame Lassa Foundation, but the NFL alumni, the winner of that tournament on January 14th, get an all-paid expense trip down to Florida, Disney, to play in the Super Bowl of golf, where you get a chance to win a Super Bowl ring. Um, putting together pamphlets now uh, for sponsorships and, and things of that nature. I've been in conjunction with uh, Infinity of Glendale. I got a million dollar hole in one I'm working on. Uh, you know, shopping spree I'm working on on all the part threes. Uh, but you know, that's that's just uh, more information to come as I get as we get closer and closer. I yeah. want to have most of this done in December. Um, but uh, like I said, I'm working on it now. The Legacy Golf Course in Arizona. Cool, man. Well, thanks thanks for coming out. We haven't talked to you in a while. Hope everything goes well in Vegas. Uh, we got to get out of here, Junior. Thanks for coming in today, man. Uh, Deborah, Cindy, it's been real. It's been real. I'll Out. see. You. We'll, uh, well, we'll see you guys next week. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.